Welcome, one and all, to a special Thanksgiving edition of the Heck Yeah Comics Podcast. Gobble, gobble. Oh, Lord. Well, we are your hosts, David and... Gobble, gobble. Oh, no. I forgot that Nick was actually replaced by a turkey this week. So... Uh, Dude, have you ever heard how a koala? Oh, oh Nick! Oh, Nick! You're here. That's oh, that's oh, see, sorry, yes. I'm back. I, I killed and ate the turkey. Okay, great. That was fast. Uh, I have not heard how a koala bear sounds. I was listening to it during my first Thanksgiving feast. Uh, why that came up during Thanksgiving, I don't know. But they sound like um, farting ducks. Or if you took a fart and a duck, put it together, and then maybe put like a bugle horn and then farted into it, that's probably what a a koala bear would sound like. So like if a fart and a duck got together and had a baby. That was a bugle horn. That was that also somehow had bugle horn DNA inserted in. <laughs> That's what it would sound like. Bugle horn DNA. Oh David, stop. Oh stop. So, so that's, but that's what a koala bear sounds like. Right. <laughs> gotcha. I think we're all on track with how a koala bear sounds. Awesome. Well, it is the season four thankfulness, uh, here in the US of A uh, apparently Canada had theirs earlier in the year. I don't really understand how Canadian time works. Apparently yeah, it's different they're, from everyone yeah, else's it's, time. Apparently it's very different. Called lame time. Oh. I'm just kidding. I actually really like Canada. Yeah, I'm but sure they really like you too. I th- probably not. Hey, Canada, I know you don't really like Nick. I'm sorry. It's just, I, I, you know, he cries a lot about it. I'm like to Canada what Justin Bieber is like to Canada. I made it big. And they don't want me at all. Like, not even back, because I didn't start like, in Canada. I hate, to, I, say, I hate to tell you, like, they probably didn't want you before you hit it big. And when did you hit it big? And in what way have you hit it big? Tell me. In my dreams. Hmm. Obviously. Where, where, where I'm Justin Bieber. Oh. <laughs> even in my dreams, I can't be someone cool. It's true. Well... Unfortunately, with uh, you know with the holidays and things are chaotic and busy, we are going to forego most of our normal show format. So we will not be talking this week about Jessica Jones or the Dark Knight Three, the Master Race, or uh, a lot of the other great books that came out this week. I had a just a big smack of books. I walk into my store and the guy was like, "Heads up!" and I got hit in the head by like eighty-five books. It was crazy. And then they went everywhere. Some of the pages got bent, and David started crying. It's right true. there on the floor. Everyone said, "Look, that guy's crying. What a win!" And, and then someone kicked him in the face. Because as we all know, comics are my retirement plan. Every one I buy, I'm like, "This one's eventually going to be worth hundreds of dollars." So, by hundreds, he means five dollars. Like pennies at the most. I'll end up in a quarter, Ben. It's true, just like Nick. What does that mean? I don't know. So, you know, we decided we're going to do uh, something a little bit different. You know, we're just going to talk about... Uh, oh, wait, hold on. I have I have someone. Someone's just arrived here. It, it Oh, it looks like it's... Spider-Man and his amazing friends! And, David, uh, you're so bad with segues. Uh, what? <laughs> Says you... I mean, I don't do them. If I did them, they'd be awful. Um, yeah. But I don't. So anyway. You suck. So, uh, so Spider-Man and or his amazing friends are here, and they are demanding that we talk about some news before we move on 
to to what what we were going to talk about. So uh, wait, what were we going to talk about? Well, well, you know, Nick, uh, it's it's the season for thankfulness. I thought we could just do a little bit of uh, of what we're thankful for in comic books, like we oh, talked about. Oh, I was remember? confused because you do Spider Man and his amazing friends when we talk about comics. No, no, I do I do the Batmobile sound effect when we talk about comics. Oh, that, that's not the right one. To the Batmobile, let's go. That's the oh, one, that's that's the one I play. I should probably listen to our You should shows. probably understand how the show works. But then again, Nick... You're just a dick. <laughs> Dude, I finally watched... That was a good episode. That was such a good episode, right? Like, I mean, it's like you almost watch it and be like, why isn't the show always this right? good? Because like, it wasn't like they did anything huge to like grab extra ratings or have people go like, oh my god, that was crazy incredible. It was just... It's really well written. Everybody was like clicking. All the acting was just really great. The scenes were fun and memorable. It was just a fantastic episode. Yeah, it was. It was just like it was good. It uh, was good. And uh, you're just a dick. Harrison Wells was fantastic. I know he was. Oh, uh, it's so good. Earth Two Harrison Wells is best. Harrison Wells. Best Harrison. Uh, look, Spider Man's getting real upset in the corner here, so he's saying we gotta we gotta talk about some of this news. Just tell him Howard the Duck is dead, and he'll whimper for a bit. Uh, well, he'll he'll just cry about how he failed Uncle Ben. <laughs> Uncle Ben, no. Uh, so this is mostly movie and TV news. I mostly, I mean, entirely. Well, I guess Brian K. Vaughn hinted at a new book today, but what I mean, Brian K. Vaughn's writing eight hundred books currently. So yeah, he really went from no books to at least three books. At least, oh yeah, Saga came back this week. Saga's back. Big thing. Um, I mean, is he? Was he teasing another project for the the panel syndicate where he did uh, Private Eye? Um, I don't remember what it was. I just saw there was a a teaser image. Yeah, yeah, the one with the yeah the one joins the social media, teases new project. The bottom left hand corner says panel syndicate. Okay, yeah, it looks like it's in the same sort of style as Private Eye. But what do I know? I've never read it. It's good. Yeah. Anyway, we're here to break the news for you, uh, or to you, and you might be thankful for this, that Fantastic Four 2 has been removed from Fox's release schedule. The least bit of shocking news ever. Least I'm shocking shocked. News. Shocked, I tell you. Shocked and or appalled. Nick, as the only one on this show who has seen the Fantastic Four for some reason, I imagine because you're into sadomasochism, uh... You know, how does this news affect you? Are you looking forward to a sequel? Don't lie. Well, thank you, David. That is correct. I am into sadomasochism. Um, and was I looking for a sequel? The hard truth is no. So, listen, well, right. I, I'm not a proponent of the film. It was not a great film. It was not a gouge your eyes out, like, sell your child to get your soul back. Dude, just go along with it. Kind of movie. Like, it, like some people... First of all, I think with every movie, there are just people that just overreact. I'm like, dude, it's a movie. But it really was like... It was a movie that just never... And, and not even, like, take out the pacing, ignore the fact that maybe even if we got uh, the director's original vision or whatever the movie was supposed to have been... It may, it probably wouldn't have obtained like that potential it was going for, and unfortunately, because of the way it was cut, the first like half of it before it does this like one year jump, um, is like it felt like it was kind of leading up to something interesting. There were some interesting character moments. The I didn't find the acting bad. All the script wasn't the greatest, but it wasn't that bad. 
And then basically they jump forward a year, and then just all the things they kind of set up just dropped. So yeah, the, the second part of the movie was just bad. Doctor Doom has yet to be fully realized, and I just want them to understand that that's just at this point, Doctor Doom, like, just make him an Eastern European dictator in a suit of armor that juggles both magic and super science technology. Oh man, I never, I've never done my my pitch for a Fantastic Four movie to you before, but it it involves Doom being a leader of a nation, but there's definitely implications of dictatorship and secret culty stuff. Interesting. Mm, yes, but this news uh, really, really doesn't surprise anybody. They hadn't even moved into any sort of pre-production, you know, working on a script or anything. I just want to remind everybody that the first one had a ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, but Michael B. Jordan will be just fine because Creed has like a ninety-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I've been hearing good things about Apparently, that. Apparently, it's the greatest Rocky movie ever. Yeah, it seems really hard to screw up a boxing movie. I mean, watch, I mean, I mean, there are of... great box movies and there's okay box movies, watch. but I feel like every time a boxing movie comes out, it's like The Fighter or Rocky or that's all I got. Uh, Cinderella Man. Cinderella Man was good. I like that one. Yeah, but watch, like, watch all of the Rockies and tell me that it's hard not to make out. all out. the Rockies, but like the first Rocky. All right. Anyway. And then Rocky V was just gorgeous. Other news. Uh, we already knew that Wonder Woman was in production. But now we have that officially confirmed. Yeah, as... it's just kind of funny. Both DC is officially confirming it, and like, and Marvel's officially confirming Doctor Strange. And it's like there's been pictures up for like three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing though that we did get is we got an official photo of Wonder Woman, uh, which I think looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know it's Gal Gadot standing in front of a foggy uh, Big Ben, so that kind of leans towards the. Uh, you know, World War One. I, I mean, just like the look of it, the aesthetic of it, kind of like implies to me like this is old London, not like modern day London. Because Ben, ben Big Ben looks totally different. Okay, today. you know what I mean. Like, look at it, and you kind of, you got that same feeling, right? Uh, I pulled a picture back up. I didn't even notice Big Ben was in the photo. Wow, uh, her invisible jets. Uh, it's behind her invisible jet. Just oh, okay. For that, that's, that's why I missed it. The yeah, because yeah, the, the jet was in the way. Maybe if the pictures decide to load in the article you attached. Well, yeah, I think only the um, the symbol is in there. We also got to look at her logo, uh, which I think looks pretty neat. I don't know. It's brass on a, on a red background. It's pretty sweet. Are you trying to find Gal Gadot? Yeah, I think I found it. All right. That was confirmed back in September. What is Screen Rant trying to do? Anyway, keep talking. Anyway. I can't even see Big Ben in the background. Are you even sure that's Big Ben? Yeah, what? what link me whatever. It's just a tower. You can't what, even oh see my anything. What, link me whatever image you're looking at. Because and everything in the background's blurry. If anything, it's the okay. mascara. No, it's not. That's definitely, like, it's definitely got a clock face okay, on two I sides of it. I can see why you would think it's Big Ben. But for all we know, um, Amazon's had mastered the clock tower before England. You stop that. You stop that right now, sir. Just saying. Anyway, we also got an updated cast list um, and a confirmation that Chris Pine is, in fact, playing Steve Trevor. What, is he playing Steve Trevor of World War One or Steve Trevor of now? I imagine World War One, which has some very interesting implications, 
And there's also rumors that this movie could span a, a couple decades, so it could he could be playing him at different stages in his life, which could make for a really interesting sort of like love story of she doesn't age and he does. Other actors confirmed that maybe we didn't really know about before. Robin Wright, which is uh, pretty exciting, actually. I'm really curious. Who do you think she's going to play? Uh, and, I totally and... forget who Robin Wright is. Give me a second. Um, oh, that Robin Wright from House of Cards. Yeah. Um, probably some government stooge. Really? You don't think, like, the queen of... Like... Uh, I mean, I guess she could be Hippolyta. Yeah, I'm trying to name her name, Hippolyta. That's true. Um, I forgot that they have probably to cast the Amazons, too. Right. And then uh, a bunch of other people you probably don't really know. Uh, Danny Houston. You specifically? Huh? You specifically? I mean, I, people that I don't recognize by name. Uh, David Thulis. I'm really bad at name pronunciations. He said he was in Harry Potter. Who is this guy? Oh, he's Lupus. I mean, Lupin. <laughs> he's, no, Lupin. He's Lupus. No, Lupin. He's, he's Lupus. Lupin. Yeah. He's the disease of, of Lupus. That's the face of Lupus as it wanders around. Uh, anyway, lots of other fine folks in the film. Really looking forward to getting more information on that as it becomes available. Speaking yes. of, and I'm looking forward to a trailer. Speaking of trailers, how do you like that segue, you jackass? <laughs> we got two big ones. Uh, we'll talk about the biggest one in a moment. But for real quick, let's talk about Legends of Tomorrow. <sighs> Uh, yeah, it looked cool. Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, it's interesting, you know, having a a show that's going to rely pretty heavily on special effects for its main characters, and uh, you know they're going to be doing a lot of like set, like uh, time, you know, time pieces. So this is going to be a big budget show. Like they're putting a lot of weight behind this and it's not a full season show like it's like a half season run like 12 right. yeah, episodes yeah. It's or something a, it's like the mid-season sort of thing which yes. that's you know typically what cw will do to kind of test the waters but it looks really exciting there's some uh, there was some really cool lines in the trailer that i i didn't have time to capture but you know the one that everyone's talking about is i've seen uh men of steel die and dark knights fall oh yeah 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 which, I mean, there's really not a lot of ways you can take that that are not pretty explicit. It, 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 they didn't just slip it in by accident, like, oh, oh, yeah, you could totally imply that that means Superman and Batman. Like, if they, oh, if, they won't appear in the show. Right, if, well, if they had just said, like, oh, I've seen Men of Steel fall, like, you could be like, oh, okay, they're just being, like, oh, really strong people have, like, fallen, but, like, Men of Steel fall and, and Dark Knights die or scratch that reverse. Uh, I mean that 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 was a pretty cool little hint, and possible uh, possibly that we're gonna see Firestorm with more powers than fire, because there was a line that he had in the trailer that was like, "Yeah, you, you haven't seen what I can do," and then he like turns someone into salt, I imagine. Oh uh, yeah, dude, he'll actually do a transmutation. Yeah. Do, so do we know? Like, I know uh, Robbie Amell has said like, "You haven't seen the last of me." So we're going to assume that he will survive at some point. But I feel like he, if, if, if it's like his star power is on the rise or something, like he's not tied, like he's just a guest star on the show. Like, I feel like you can only bring the dude back so many times and explain him away so many times. Especially because they're trying to push Caitlyn moving on right. to some extent. 
Like, why moving, bother bringing him back? Moving on to the arms of Jay Garrick. Yeah, right? Uh, and then Jay Garrick left because he, like, totally punked out. I don't know where he goes. Well, he goes back to Earth 2, I assume. No, like, they've kind of, they, have, they haven't said that he's ever gone back. Did you, oh, did you see I the thought game? he went back in the episode that Harrison Wells actually, like, first showed up in. No. Hmm. I'm pretty sure that he's not. I think that he's still around somewhere. I don't know. And uh, Zoom's also holding up somewhere. Yeah. Unbeknownst to all of us. You need to watch the Gorilla Grodd episode. It was really good. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm back down a couple episodes again. Well, uh, there wasn't an episode this week, because next week is the crossover episodes there wasn't an episode this week there was no episode this week okay so i didn't watch last week yeah you have time and then i think i get so this weekend at some point this weekend i'm catching up on the shows you heard it here first nick uh people <laughs> you heard it here first <laughs> hey, nick, nick you heard it here you first that you're gonna you're gonna catch show. up this weekend i don't yeah. know if you knew that but you just found out sweet Yes, very, very cool. Uh, no, but le- what I like about Legends of Tomorrow is it. I mean, it fully embraces the ridiculousness oh, of it. It's hardcore. like, could they do better? You know, could the scripting be better? Could the graphics be better? Yes, but for the for what they're accomplishing on TV, from like a comic fan standpoint, I'm duly impressed. Yeah, they're um, just, they're like, hey, here's Vandal Savage. He's been alive forever. Cool. Yeah, they they really have become. Unabashed. And I think what also helps is that everyone is totally on board with this. You know, especially all the main characters are just like, yeah, I like love the fact that I'm playing this character mm-hmm. and getting to do this. And this is just fun. This isn't like stoogy Shakespearean, you know, you know, theater or like Oscar winning work. But this is just like a lot of fun. I got into acting to have fun. And mm-hmm. this is fun. Um, I was reading this article uh, the other day that I that brought up a like a really interesting point of like you're what, just a dick you're just a dick um oh, i still have it here uh jessica jones makes me question the point of the marvel cinematic universe and that is a very interesting question uh or you know statement i didn't really know where he was going until i read the article but his point is basically like these shows and movies are kind of ashamed to like mention one another in like in strange ways like in Jessica Jones they never say like the Hulk or Captain America they refer to them as like those guys and like oh the green guy and the flag waver um and like you know none of them like there's still shield is still around but the movies don't ever say shield they never talk about shield like Daredevil, who is in the same neighborhood as Jessica Jones, like never shows up. And there's a whole section of the plot that has to do with a law firm, and they don't mention either of the two big law firms that were mentioned in Daredevil. And it's just kind of nice over on the CW side where they're like, yep, all of our shows are crossing over, everyone's going to be in everything, and it's just going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, Laurel, who's on Arrow, is also going to show up on Legends of Tomorrow. And, uh, Etc. Etc. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and I get like I totally get the point. If any, I thought you where you were going was that Marvel should just do all of their their material as thirteen episode Netflix shows. That's, in which case, that's sure, what, that's what I thought that he might have been going towards as well. Um, but I mean, I think that Marvel is trying to have as much of their properties stand on their their own. I mean, sure, Daredevil didn't show up in this, and it's just as uh, well, you. It's just like, you know, why didn't any of the superheroes show up in, like, Iron Man 3? 
you know, I, I or get, in any of their solo films, really. I get, um, I get like why they're like I, they're trying to have them stand on their own. Like that's totally cool. But if you have this big playground, like I don't know, play with. Play I mean, with I it. agree. If if it was me, when it was, I would love to play with it. I don't. I would say it's a little presumptuous to say they're ashamed. I think they're doing it for a reason. Whether or not we okay. agree with it. Well, okay. Like the movies, I understand. Movies that's a little more complicated. You have to make those stand alone to not. You know, to like get big audiences and not alienate people, but I think it's more likely that people who are watching a TV show are going to have seen those or know about them, and are probably investing in those because of these bigger movie properties. Like, you don't necessarily have to have uh, Steve Rogers show up on Jessica Jones or Daredevil, but you know, let them just freely talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, anyway. I mean, I agree. I, I don't. I, I I think they're trying to be cheeky. Um, but I, I would be cool if it just heard like Luke Cage be like, oh yeah, I was there when Thor did X. Right. Oh, Thor did X, is he? <laughs> yes. I, I missed that yeah. part of the movie. Dude, it was crazy. He was all like, thou shall be humbled by earth drugs or something. I don't know. It was weird. Uh, Nick, was there any other, any other big news, anything else this week? Uh, dude, that Civil War trailer. There it is. <laughs> Yeah, I thought you were trying to say anything else besides the trailer. I couldn't think of anything, so I was like, maybe he means the trailer. Yeah, so awesome trailer. Let's just go ahead and lay that down. It, yeah. I think this is a movie that is going to improve on the Civil War storyline because, you know, I very famously am not a fan of the Civil War storyline. Um, but this looks like... They're going to use that subject material very effectively in a two-hour movie. Uh, yeah, I, th- I mean, it sounds like they're. T- I mean, obviously, they're taking a ton of liberties, well, which I'm. I'm glad they're doing. They're not beholding themselves to like Tony Stark becoming a straight-up villain. Yeah, uh, I mean, another thing is, I get that they're calling it Civil War, and I get why they're calling it Civil War, and I'm not saying that. That it doesn't apply. It's just, it's. I feel like it's. It's one of those things where they've actually named it for the fans, right? Than the universe. Because I mean, what they're really yes, they're the characters are fighting, but I don't. And there's bullets and explosions and blah blah blah. But I really wouldn't say that they're at war with each other, right? Well, here's they're arguing profusely. Yeah, and and and, and that kind of gets to like. A little bit of my issue with the trailer is they're super vague on motivations. Um, and I get it, it's a trailer. It's fine. Like, people are probably smart enough to kind of kind of grasp things. But it really seemed like, from this trailer, like, you could walk away from this being like, so Captain America finds his old best friend, and then Tony Stark is really mad about it. So he goes and gets some of his friends, and they go fight Captain America's friends because he's upset that they don't hang out anymore. Did you watch the trailer? Yes, isn't it like watch the trailer again and like that's kind of No, it was that Bucky is being framed for a terrorist attack and Cap is standing by him while the government's chasing they after they him. Don't, they don't make At the that same very... time the Sokovia Accords are coming into effect and they're like, Cap, this is like the last straw. You gotta okay. toe the line. Iron Man's Nick, like, Yo, this, listen. This is a lot of stuff that you know because you know all this stuff. That in from the trailer, it's like Bucky. Do you, know, do you know what you've done? I don't do that anymore. It sounds like he's talking about his old school life, like when he was the Winter Soldier. 
Yeah, but then at the then like right after that, right before that, they show an explosion and say like, "Well, they don't know that, or they think that you do, it's, it's and really they're coming vague. after you." It's really vague. It's not vague. He says it. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna pull up the trailer right now. <sighs> wow. Oh, calm yourself down. Okay. First off, they they basically even say in the they release the synopsis. The Synopticon. That wait. Syn- Panopticon? 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 The synopsis. The plot synopsis. Plot synopsis. You just call me Jack? My name's not Jack. Jack Wagon. Buck. Do you remember me? Do you? Your mom's name is Sarah. Should I take my shirt off a lot of help? wear newspapers in your shoes. You're a wanted man. I don't do that anymore. Then that's all we get. It, there's an explosion, and then you're a wanted man. I don't do that don't, anymore. Okay, you stop well, the trailer. Play, play, keep playing right it. Okay. Well, the people who think you did are coming right now. And they're not Pause. planning on taking you alive. People who think you did what? There's an ex- like the, Okay, Nick, Nick, you can't they just you can't show an exploding... They did. Okay, you, you can't just show an exploding building and be like, oh, he must be linked to that. It's an action movie trailer. Of course there's an exploding building. Yeah, but it's literally in the setup. That first, like, ten seconds... Are, are them setting up why there's an issue around Bucky. I don't do that anymore. <sighs> well, there are people that think you did. Soldier, 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 soldier. Well, here's also why it seems like it's just about Tony and Cap uh, being mad at each other. Oh, no, not that part. Though that part was super badass. Um... But he's my friend. So was I. Like, oh my god, the feels from that line and that, that was that was just face. an incredibly well delivered delivered line. Um, yeah, I'm, and here's and here's my ultimate prediction of what's going to happen over the next couple films. This movie is going to be their divide. They're going to be like super angry at each other, rah rah rah, uh, and then the begin the first half of Captain America or not Captain America of Avengers uh, three. Yeah, Infinity War is going to be like about their reconciliation and coming back together to be a team and fight side by side, and then one of them dies. Probably Cap. My my vote is Cap. But doesn't that? I mean, that's that's just the projection that I see. Also, War Machine so dead. Uh, I don't think he is. I think he's first just off, badly it would be Civil War unless a black guy got killed. What? Okay, we're not going to touch that. We're going to move past that <laughs> no, statement. No, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Because that but doesn't I mean, even make sense. In in Marvel, in the comic book, the big death, besides Steve Rogers dying technically outside of the event, right after the event, was Bill was the the Thor clone killing Bill Foster. And this one, you see Iron Man holding War Machine with his chest severely damaged, potentially shot through. Uh, I don't. I don't think. I don't think they would have shown that and been like, "Here's the major death of the movie." Uh, but I mean, they, it's it's vague enough that it could swing either way, or at the very least, he's severely injured. So, my, and my point is that to, to if you really want to dig into the narrative here, and I apologize for the the black person dying comment, but the the point of this was the the point that I see it is that yes, there's a Sokovia Accords, there's a fracture over whether or not the the Avengers should toe the line of the Sokovia Accords. But I think what kind of pushes Steve over the edge is trying to protect his friend in light of these new restrictions. 
that he that he can't protect his friend by working within these restrictions, and then t- ultimately comes to blows with Tony Stark. For Tony Stark, he's ultimately just trying to uphold this current law, well, whereas Steve is personal. Wait, and then in one of the skirmishes, something accidentally happens to War Machine, where he becomes a quote unquote casualty of the conflict, thus making it severely personal okay, to Tony Stark. I can see him being a quote unquote casualty of he gets he gets severely injured. I don't see him dying mainly because they showed that to us in the trailer and that would i don't know be really cheapened to go in there and be like oh okay he's cool they already showed me his death i think it's just to kind of build up drama that people get hurt um one thing i was gonna say about the oh i think there's also going to be some shame in tony's character of like hey i made ultron and like that that line he says about um if we don't you know know our limitations we're no different than the villains like that's him being like look at all that i've done with like the weapons manufacturing uh building ultron etc cetera, etc cetera. like i accept that now there needs to be limitations against people like us in some degree i wonder if they'll reference even in a small way tony stark approaching general thunderbolt ross in that bar at the uh, end of Incredible Hulk, I think they've I think they've moved past acknowledging that at this point. Because I forget, Tony Stark is approaching him about the Avengers Initiative. I think. Yeah. I'm just curious. Is I'm it... just curious how like because we because first off, there's a lot packed into this trailer. Um, there but is, we have and... yet to see Baron Zemo. Uh, we have yet to see Crossbones. Cross we have yet to see even however briefly he'll be in the movie Spider Man. Um, we have yet to see All the right. full extent of Black Panther's role. Um, yeah, and that's, and that's why I'm still a little bit worried that this movie is going to be bloated. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, I mean, I, I'm, like, super excited to see Black Panther. But, like, let's say we take him out of the movie for a second. Just, if we take him out of the trailer or the movie or the story or whatever, and you just make it about the government oversight and these two teams coming to blow, that's, like, really a movie right there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's, the story is clear, the conflict is clear, um, you've got... You know, where it's Cap's movie with a little bit of being Tony's movie, and they're at odds. But, like, there's enough characters that it's, like, it's all the Avengers you currently know coming to blows. And then it's like, wait, no, here's Black Panther. Here's a tease of Spider-Man. Uh, here's Thunderbolt Ross. Or, blah, 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 like, whatever. You right. know? Like, it, it could potentially be too much. Yeah. And, and there's a lot to be seen. But this trailer does... It, it would It would be wrong for me to say that it didn't tickle the hype bone for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I know. I'm aware of that. Where I have been very on the fence, and this is leaning me towards excitement, kind of like even to a point of like, I don't want to be this excited about the movie. I mean, it's based on one trailer, which is supposed to get you interested and build up the hype. Yeah, so, but I mean, at this point, we both know we're going to go see the movie. Oh, absolutely. So it's like, I feel like, all right, I've seen the trailer. I'm going to go see it anyway. I'm really going to try and do my best to avoid, and this is me stopping myself, not even trying to stop other people. But from trying to watch every little you know new trailer that comes out for the movie, mm-hmm. I have not it's... seen anything for Star Wars since I think I, I think I mentioned this on the show already, but last week, but not since the uh, the last trailer came out. None of the TV spots haven't touched them. Neither have I. I think yeah, the last trailer that J.J. Abrams released. Yeah, that's I, the last one I saw. I was uh, I was talking to my mom on the phone today and like telling her kind of our plans because we land on the 17th and then on the 18th we're gonna go early in the morning and go see star wars on this really nice screen in phoenix 
Oh, yeah? And, yeah, my mom was like, oh, let me look into my schedule. Uh, you know, she might have the day off for work. She's like, maybe I'll go with you guys because she hasn't gone to a movie in forever. I'm like, yeah. yeah, yeah, mom, come see Star Wars with me. That'd be hilarious. Did, she wouldn't even be able to get a ticket. Well, I mean, I, I got a ticket. If she lets, you know, if we find out soon enough, we can get it. No, okay, at least my showing, which is on the 20th, is already sold out. Do you, but you guys, like, how many theaters do you have? Just one, right? Well, no, I mean, that that theater at that at that place, yes, that, that one is just, it's an IMAX theater, so it's only one big theater. Mm. Um, but even if your theater is showing it on multiple screens, if it's on, it's like the day after it comes out, it's probably, they're probably all sold out. I would just double check. Well, I, I mean, I bought my tickets like two days ago, so I'm not too worried about it. Oh, I thought you it. bought them like no, the week after they got released. We were trying to decide, well, because we didn't know that we were going to be in Phoenix at, on that date until recently. And then we were trying to decide if we were going to do midnight showing or late night showing, which we decided against because we're going to be traveling and blah, blah, and blah, blah. And we're old. No, I would have done it. It was actually more Debbie. I, I would have done it in a heartbeat, but... Because I, you know, I always really liked going to movies and standing in line for a couple hours and like building that excitement and talking to people about it, and like that's just part of the experience for me. For her, doesn't really do it as much, and that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. You know, she's not as much of. I don't know. Movies aren't experiences for her in the way they are for me. Yeah. No. I mean, I I show up like three hours early for a movie. Yeah, and that's a thing we don't have to do here in this smaller town I live in. It's very confusing. But Weird. Yeah. So that is some of the sweet, sweet news that came. Spider-Man, get out of here. Uh, now, Nick, I thought it would be nice, and I'm hoping that you, you would put some thought into this, if we did, uh, you know, five things that we're thankful for in comics and loud noises in the background. Yeah, sounds good. Nick, do you have five things you're thankful for? I know you do. I do. Tell me what you're thankful for, David. Well, you see, I thought we would go, I would say one, you would say one. Back okay. and forth, back and forth. You start. All right, all right. So the first thing that I'm thankful for is Grant Morrison's new X-Men run. And I know that might seem a little strange, but for me, that is the run that got me into comics. It... Also, was a very seminal run for X-Men, kind of bringing them out of a routine they had been trapped in for a very long time. Uh, but more importantly for myself, it is the aspect that it introduced me to, to comics and to these big, great storylines. It was a great entry point, and it started the, the love that I have for Grant Morrison that carries with me to this day. And I wish that I could understand what goes on in that big, beautiful, bald head of his. I like to imagine he sleeps on a bed in the shape of his own face. Is that weird? It's a little weird that you wasted time coming up with that, sure. But it's also a wonderful idea. Yeah, right. Now, Nick, your All turn. Right. On that same note, um, I'm if we're going with our comic book origins... I'm really thankful for J. Michael Straczynski taking a um, uh, and his Spider-Man run, his amazing Spider-Man run. Because I I had been reading some Spider-Man comics before that. You know, growing up, I had the toys like we had the cartoons. You know, which I think was great for our generation. But it was something about that run and Chris Claremont's Extreme X-Men run. You know, that just like cemented it. That like 
I got the first issues of their runs, and then I was like, oh, I need I need the next issue and the next issue, and it just didn't dawn on me that like I haven't stopped since, <laughs> so to speak. Um, and I think it's a it's comics is an interesting industry. It's an interesting passion or hobby or whatever you want to call it. You know, there's other things to collect like comic books. You know, you can collect movies. I guess like I know there I know of like movie collectors, mm-hmm. but it's like. I don't know, like, with movies, like, you might go see it in the theater, and you're like, oh, I really like this movie, you know, and then you you buy it, you know, and it's like, technically, you're paying for it twice, because you already, like, you did see it in the theaters, with comic books, like, you know, I put, I'm sure both of us both own comic books that we, you know, it's probably taking up space in our long boxes, but we're just, like, we're almost invested in the medium itself, because oh, we're, sure. you know, we really like this writer, this character, we're picking up that book. We're picking up that book. There's oh. some bad issues. There's some good issues, you know. But like we own it. Like you own it when you buy it and you read yeah. it. So like you're collecting, but you're, but you really are experiencing it at the same time. And I think that's, as far as hobbies go, I think that makes it really unique and mm-hmm. something I'm very thankful for. Yeah. No. And there are definitely times where I bought a book for several issues and I maybe didn't read them or. I just kind of like skimmed through them because I wasn't loving the storyline, but I wanted to keep on with that character and whatnot. Another thing that I'm thankful for is a little more recent, uh, and that is the revamp of Archie Comics. It, you know, Archie is one of those, it's really a household name in a way that a lot of comics aren't, uh, where everybody, well, of a certain age group knows Archie, and now younger generations are going to know Archie. And I've really been enjoying the Archie book. I've really been enjoying Jughead. Uh, There's just so much great stuff going on over there right now that, you know, I'm I'm glad that I'm getting to know these characters that have always kind of been on the periphery of of my public consciousness. And now I care for them. We found out what the lipstick incident was this week, and my heart was broken reading into that. And it just it speaks volumes to what they're doing over there. That I am so invested in these like eighty year old characters. That's a good point. I would say that I'm thankful for the longevity of of the industry in a lot of ways. Like there's always this talk of doom and gloom, like it's going out of business kind of thing. Um, maybe not so much anymore. But I mean, these are characters that are in many ways so iconic no matter how you might bend and try to reshape them like these characters have been published continuously published for decades some you know you're closing in on like what Superman like they just had their 75th anniversary not that long ago I think so yeah something like that I mean 25 like we'll be alive when they hit their 100th you know their centennial and just thinking about the fact that unless like a major disaster wipes out everyone who works and and writes and draws for DC and Marvel like these characters are going to be around for the next 25 plus to you know 100 plus years um and i think that's just i think that's just a really incredible thing i think that's something to be proud of i think that these are characters that have inspired um in their most pure form and i i think that's probably helped a lot of people um i i certainly know that I go back and read some comics from when I was younger and I can see almost traces of like little personality quirks and ticks that I picked up just based on like the way the character behaved or their dialogue and way of speaking and 
don't know. I think that's really cool. For sure. Faux show. Faux show. Well, another thing I'm thankful for, kind of going along with that, speaking to the longevity and, and importance of these characters in a way, is the state of superhero and comic book movies and TV shows. Really the expansion of these characters and properties into other mediums has been really fun uh, to watch. You know, there's some comic fans who are really stuck up of like getting upset with people that, oh, they weren't into it back when it was just on paper. You're just a dick. You're just a dick. <laughs> uh, but what this means is that more people are enjoying these characters that we love. They have connections to these characters that we love. We get to see them in action, not just kind of piece it together in our minds. And while not all of them are perfect, we're getting some really, really great storylines. Captain America Winter Soldier is still probably one of my top movies of the last few years. Uh, Arrow and the Flash have just been so exciting and fun to watch that, uh, I mean, really, it, it's, 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 it's a beautiful time to, to be a nerd and to be into these characters and to love them because you have so many different ways to experience them, connect them with them, and to share them with other people that, you know, in the past, it would just be so hard to be like, hey, read this book about like a guy who dresses like Robin Hood and like shoots arrows and has a Van Dyke beard. When now you can be like, hey, there's a really attractive shirtless guy on CW. Is it a superhero TV show? People are going to go for it because they'd like to look at Stephen Amell shirtless. But yeah, the, the current state of where we are with superhero and comic book movies, and that also expands to more indie books um you know, you know people are very excited about the lumberjane story coming up um you know preacher whatever the whatever the inevitable sex criminals tv show looks like um it's all just all very fun the inevitable sex criminals inevitable sex criminals oh man when they decide to expand their brand and have a, an offshoot spin, book. Spin off the inevitable sex criminals the inevitable sex criminals that's oh, that's good i gotta, gotta <laughs> the inevitable hulk the inevitable hulk. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, uh i am thankful for shirtless Stephen amell i guess yeah, uh, wait nope uh, let me take that back actually i'm not going to take it back we should all be as thankful um but uh again expanding on that um for example like as much as i'm not a huge huge fan of the, this current incarnation of star lord his popularity now is undeniable Ooh. and what <laughs> who uh, star lord finally you know i think there is something interesting about the character uh even if i might not care for man children portrayals um, but the fact that I don't think he's going anywhere because there will be a Guardians 2. It will be very popular. It will renew that that interest in the character. Even if they stop making Guardians movies, I think his imprint is there. So I know that at some point, aka like when I write for Marvel Comics, I'll be able to imbue a little bit more of the of the Star Wars that. Star, Star Ward. Star, Star, the Star. Ward of the Stars. Oh, well, well, or we'll just have a oh. character named, you know, Star War. Like, oh, that's that's Kevin Star War. Kevin, Kevin Star War. Phil Spider-Man. <laughs> His name's not Phil Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. i got to find that clip. That's such a great clip. Um, what am I trying to say? You know, but I think, especially with these movies, you know, Doctor Strange is going to come out, and it's going to pump up the popularity of the character. Ant-Man, I would probably say, has not has had a renewed interest, but has not re- gained the same amount of vigor that like the Guardians characters have. 
but I mean that's potentially around the second sequel. Maybe okay, I'm getting off track. Um, <laughs> I, I just you know, I guess I'm thankful that Star Lord went from a character that you know was very obscure and not many people knew about, and you know you never knew where you're going to get your next Star Lord appearance. And it's I know it's weird to say, and I don't like being pretentious where it's like, oh, you only got a Star Lord because of the movie. Like, well, I liked him before, you know. Uh, an Annihilation Conquest. Um, you know, like, ooh, like, who gives a crap? Um, you know, I'm I'm excited that the character gets to be around. That even if I might li- not like how he appears, at least he's appearing. Mm-hmm. Which is more than a lot of people's favorite characters can say. It's true. It's true. Well, uh, while we're keeping on the personal train of, you know, characters and whatnot who have meant a lot to us. One thing I'm very thankful for is Bill Finger for really getting his stamp in on uh, on Batman and making that character, you know, who we know him as today and, uh, and really, uh, you know, shaping really, uh, you know, an, such an iconic character, someone that's stuck around for 75 plus years and is going to, you know, as you said, is going to continue sticking around. Um, but is also at times when he's been written has changed the entire industry. Um, and also that he is finally getting like the credit that he deserves. You know, it, it took way too long for him to be as uh, his name to be, you know, attached to these properties as they should have been a long time ago. And and I my, my deep love for Batman, I, I salute Bill Finger and uh, really saying his name so much has just made it really weird. So uh, I will just say that I am thankful for Bill Finger and his contribution to the world that is Batman as we know him today. Well, mostly as we know him. The character of Batman, who, you know, is Batman. Nick? I'm thankful for the current image boom. You know? Mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, I think Vertigo was the, the, what the heck's the word I'm looking for? It, it got the ball rolling. The catalyst? It was, you know, it was a catalyst for all this. A lot of, like, you know, as far as, like, mainstream goes, you know, alt-mainstream, if you want to call it, you know, it, Vertigo set the standard. And I know Vertigo is trying to make a comeback now. I'm not, you know, kind of talking about that at all. But the, for over the last two, three, four years, Image has just completely rocked the house, completely revitalized itself, just has such a eclectic mix of, of titles, all with, you know, good staying power a lot of the books they put out tend to kind of make it through their runs or are making it through their runs currently with you know with excuse me with the goal in sight so i mean having um a company like that that gets that can right not not necessarily rival but is beginning to rival you know it, it, okay maybe not be relevant like the 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 gross margin or whatever you want to call it, you know, compared to like Marvel and DC, but it's rivaling and beginning throughout the cultural impact. You know, these books are getting out there and the equivalent of catching the latest, greatest, you know, HBO show or something like, have you checked out this new image book? I think that's just really cool for a company that kind of came from the aesthetic of Rob Liefeld and a lot of the nineties craziness. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh, and my my last thing that I'm thankful for is actually tied pretty heavily to that. And uh, I just said uh, creator owned books, and I listed you know, Rumble and Saga as as examples. But really, 
it's a big umbrella, it's a big catch-all term, uh, where, kind of what you're saying, where, you know, you have these big blockbuster movies, you have the big two, but now we have these great series that are off somewhere else that, you know, now people are starting to talk about with as much excitement and are getting as much attention, um, and in some ways people are saying, like, it's even better, uh, but just that, you know, co the comics industry is now giving so much freedom to creators to tell the stories that they want and for as long as they are able to as long as people are interested in the series of course but you know you have books that are lasting years and upon years and years that wouldn't have made it before that are just some are so out there some are just so creative and beautiful that really it's it's it, it's impossible for for you not to find a comic for some, you know, for everybody. There's every there's something out there for everyone to enjoy and to and to dig into, and so creator-owned books really have revitalized uh, the comics industry in in the best possible way, and give just me so much to look forward to, week after week, month after month, with with the books that I, you know, because there's times where. I don't really get excited over the big two and the books that are coming out, but you know, when I have my hand on a new rumble or a new saga or something from Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, where I feel that excitement that reminds me of why I got into this in the first place. And I think uh, on the flip side of that, good or ill, I'm thankful for Marvel and DC as far as the fact that there's two massive shared universe with just a wealth, an endless wealth of creativity and imagination that has been inspiring generations. And whether or not you like the current regime at either place um, or you like the majority of the output or you don't, I mean, it's just such vibrant, living, breathing universes that, you know, will outlive us all really but I just think it's they're just really fascinating social constructs when you really think about it the amount of people that have dedicated almost their like their lives to building these universes over decades I think mm -hmm. is something really incredible uh, and to be commended regardless of how you might feel of their current you know corporate hierarchy or structure or, or whatever you know and I, I think that's something that's going to continue and I, I just I think it's something to be thankful for, you know, something that not no other hobby I think really has this kind of sandbox to play with. Absolutely. Well, those are some of the things that we are thankful for, and of course we would love to hear what you listener are thankful for when it comes to comics. You can write into us uh, heckyeahcomics at gmail dot com to let us know what uh, you know what you are thankful for. You know, just in life is fine. You can just write to us about anything you want to write, so write to us about. We'll read it. You know, good times. You can, of course, also find more about us online at heckyeahcomics.com or follow us on Twitter at heckyeahcomics. You can follow me on Twitter at davluz, that is D-A-V-L-U-Z. And you can find Nick attempting to clean off all of that whipped cream from his face. But it'll never wash away, Nick, like the sins of your past. <gasps> Well, we will see you next week for another episode back to our usual format. Uh, we just hope that everyone has a good and safe Thanksgiving. Go stuff your faces. Nick, any last words? Gobble, gobble. Until next time, goodbye.
Um, 